1: Welcome to Ladies Who London Podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And
0: I'm Alex Lacey and we are
1: Qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London.
0: We talk about our favourite people,
1: places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London Podcast and on our website. Uh, blah, blah, whips- oh, oh, it was going <laughs> so well. On our website.
0: On our website, ladyshoelunky.com. I, I jinxed it because I was just thinking,
1: oh, this is going really well. And then you went, wob blob. <laughs> I know, and I felt that as well. I was like, oh, actually, we could get through this. But no, completely ruined it. <laughs> oh, well, hello. Anyway, hello, websites and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I'm good. I've just had like the most amazing chocolate. You know when like something just really... You just think, oh, this is indulgent. It Ooh. was like dark chocolate and nuts. It was amazing. So little party going on in my mouth right now oh very nice have you yeah. got yourself a chocolate christmas
0: calendar advent calendar
1: no no should i be
0: yeah <laughs> I, I splashed out a gourmet one this year have you really <laughs> gives me an actual gourmet chocolate a different one every day none of this none of this rubbish plastic chocolate stuff i'm i've got a proper gourmet one coming
1: oh god because it's in a couple of days isn't it yeah and actually, you can get ones now where you open the door and you've got like um, like a whole can of beer behind, or oh, nuts you can get everything and a pair now. of socks. Yeah, you can get everything. Hand cream, Estee Lauder. I was in
0: I was in diptyque the other day, the fancy candle shop with a with a guest um, while she was doing some shopping, and I I just casually said, "Oh, I see you've got your your advent calendar there.
1: How much does it? How much <laughs> Casual. is it?"
0: And he said, "Oh, three hundred ninety-five pounds." Like what? Three hundred
1: ninety-five. I know. Oh my god! I, mean, like I thought people. I thought twenty-one was an extravagance on my chocolate calendar. <laughs> wow. I mean, twenty-one pound for a chocolate calendar. I know. But if but... you think you know, you're going to wake up every morning and have this burst of excitement. And it's research for my food
0: tour company. So you know. Exactly, babe. Can I fight it against feel tax? Guilty. I'm sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Can you put that against your tax? I'm sure I can. It's it's Just research. Do it. <laughs> it's research. Oh my god. But yes. all oh. oh, good. I'm home alone. I'm you Kevin. You are home alone. You're Kevin. Yes. <laughs> oh, I forgot that Carmen. Carmen, yeah, Car- your daughter's there. <laughs> Carmen is, is here. <laughs> Nick finally left you? Is that what's happened? <laughs> yes, that's what's happened. I'm, I'm coping left. okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's gone away. It's away with work. So it's a bit strange. I feel quite responsible for the house and our child. Yeah, don't break everything. <laughs> I was like going around turning all the fairy lights off last night because I was, you know, just really concerned that there could be some kind of accident.
0: In the <laughs> I love of it. The night. If there's a fire there and Nick's there, you're fine. But if he's not there, oh, oh let's let's maybe take a few precautions. Well, portions. he's
1: pretty kind of he's on the on the edge of OCD where he'll go round to kind of check all the electrics and things, which is great. Um, <laughs> so I thought, oh, I kind of need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: need to try and just not break. Everything while he's away. Yeah, <laughs> not let the place burn down. <sighs> but you're well. I yes, I'm. I'm mostly well. I'm just so tired. I'm yeah. so tired. We were at um. We had, there was a, uh, a a well kind of party type thing, an event last night for um the guiding community, which was a um. Oh now I'm gonna get this wrong. I can't remember now. Something like the fiftieth anniversary of the Institute of Tourist Guiding being created. And they had this very nice dinner, well not dinner, kind of canapes and drinks and receptions and awards and stuff at, um, at Spencer House, which is the, the very historic place in uh, just in the centre of London. And um, I was at that last night, and I was doing the photography for them, and I was just so tired. I was like, another
1: string to her (laughs) bow. I can't even
0: pick my camera up. So I took some uh, slightly mediocre photos. Um, mediocre, maybe even being a bit polite about them. (laughs) But yeah. Um, but it was very, it was very nice. It's a very historic spot that um Spencer House, um, home to well, ancestral home to the 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 Spencer family, which is uh the same branch as Lady Diana Spencer. Mm, very nice not indeed. that she ever lived there or anything but and then if you also kind of thread back and come down a different line uh, also the same family generationally back as Winston Churchill Yeah. did you know Princess Dana and Winston Churchill were related people yes. there you go good one for yes. a pub quiz yeah true too true mm. And I have to give a little shout out this week to one of our listeners and one of my friends, Stacey, who uh, messaged me in the week going, I think you guys recorded the podcast uh, a, you know, a bit fast. I think that you, when you edited it, it was a bit too fast before realising that she had put it on 1.5 speed.
1: Oh, Stacey, come on,
0: love. <laughs> She's like, I think you've done something wrong. Like, no, I think you've done something wrong, Stacey. But to be honest, so... when you
1: said that, I did, it, it, it. you know, I didn't think for one second that Stacey Um, was in the wrong (laughs) you thought 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 it was was us probably (laughs) we probably did record it a bit too fast Um, amazing but good to know that it wasn't us for once (laughs) I know for for once we didn't mess up Um, and also uh,
0: something rather interesting Um, Katie Hughes who listens to the podcast and again also a friend of mine um, she messaged me and said, did you know that Ruby Wax has done a telly series with, <laughs> I love this, Scary Spice and an actress whose name I've forgotten. Fab, well done, Katie. Following in the footsteps of Isabella Bird. Oh. Isabella Bird, who we have talked about, this amazing solo traveller who went off around the world on a variety of different trips on her own, well into her 80s and, and wrote all about them. Um, and so apparently it's on channel four at the moment. So I'm going to go and give that a little watch. Gosh, I mean, that was a podcast that was, well, ages ago, wasn't Yons it? Ago. I'm Yons genuinely ago. thinking that, that, you know, producers are listening to our podcast and going, that's a great topic. Possibly because we've had so, Operation yes. Me, which I'm claiming full credit for, even though I didn't have any full in, impact in, in writing it at all. We've got Isabella Bird popping up. We've had the Match Girls on Enola
1: Holmes, too. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm. I'm someone's chasing us you know chasing our ideas down we're just ahead of the game babe we're ahead of the game we are we are ahead of the game which is good I mean you know all these people are are out there to find you've just got to you've just got to snoop them out yeah absolutely just got to do a bit of digging
0: which is what we're here for
1: which is what we're here for and
0: last week, where were we digging?
1: Where we, we went off to the oh East End. God, didn't we? Where did we go? So we were in Shoreditch, yeah. and you were telling us about Arnold Circus, which isn't yes. an actual circus, but a place uh, where hardly any laughs took Place at all in yes. the nineteenth century, in particular. Circus more in the sense of circle, like yes. Piccadilly
0: circus. Again, exactly. Not, Oxford, not a circus. wildly hilarious place. Um, yeah. So Oxford, sir. No, what? Um, Arnold Circus and Child of the Jago. This book that was written by mm. Arthur Morrison about um Dicky Parrot and well, this fictional child of Dicky Parrot, but set in the barely disguised uh, slum of Old Nickel, or as he called it, uh, Jago. Old Jago in the book. Um so our podcast pedestal picks for last week we went you know we went poverty we went we didn't go to the book or anything in there we went for the real stuff so i went for charles booth's poverty maps which was a color-coded street by street record of how um rich or poor the different streets were which he did entirely off his own bat uh with no financial support at all he just wandered and talked to people and and did it all so that was my pick what was yours em your my face is p- telling me you can't remember. <laughs> for
1: a second, I was like, um, what was my pick? My pick was the Two Penny Hangover. Well
0: done. Yes, yes, it was.
1: Yes. Um, uh, which, you know, I I, I think people would have loved. I mean, not the people that were hanging well, over no, the no, rope, the <laughs> but <laughs> for our podcast listeners. So, so do you want to remind everybody or anyone
0: who didn't listen last week what the Two Penny Hangover was?
1: Yes, so the two penny hangover, basically you pay your two pennies and you go into a room and what you're going to see is a piece of rope from one side of the room to the other. And there'll be a little kind of ledge that you can kind of sit upon, but essentially you're going to throw your body over the rope. So the rope will be just underneath your um, armpits and going along your chest. And you're going to sleep over it for the night. Yep. And they would cut it down in the morning and you'd bang your head on the floor. Yeah, Hence, so pretty uh, hideous
0: way of of having to sleep if you didn't have any uh any other means basically.
1: Yeah, and this is one of quite a few different. Um scenarios that you mentioned mm. last week in terms of uh yeah there was the know, one penny sleeking. sit up which is
0: yeah even worse and then slightly better the the four or five penny coffins um yeah which meant you could actually lie down but yeah the, the two penny hangover is quite a quite a kind of visual a, a really good visual for
1: yeah for and there's a lot thing. there's a lot of images out there as well I could I, a lot of them are you know uh looked after by good old Alami. So I could, there wasn't that many to choose from to put up on the um, on the pod, but I, I did put one up. I did put one up. Yeah.
0: So which way do you think it's gone? I will tell you it's very, very close.
1: Is it? Well, I'd like to tell you that I have actually worked out finally where we are in terms of the scores. So oh, maybe well I should done. tell you this yes, before that. you tell me. So I'm absolutely... Flabbergasted and shocked and horrified <laughs> that <laughs> I'm so far behind. Oh no, really? <laughs> so it's twenty two seventeen to you. No. <laughs> yeah, you're. Oh, I thought minutes. we were a lot more, a lot, a lot closer than that. Yeah, well, I was looking through them and I was like, oh yes, you got that one, and then you got that one, and yeah, so twenty two seventeen. So I'm hoping that the two penny hangover has has pushed me up to eighteen. But well, let's call it this week.
0: 22 18. it went to you oh it was yeah genuinely it was 52 percent to 48 percent. a very brexit wow vote split right
1: there um yeah so Gosh. very close indeed well i have to say the booth maps i mean they are fantastic you, you constantly show them to people don't you you know if yeah, you're taking taking people on a walking tour so yeah cheers charles booth but two penny hangover just, just pips it just pips it amazing fab So where are we off to this week, Em? It's your week. What are we chatting about? It's my week. So (laughs) I feel very casual this week. I'm just lounging on the sofa. I'm usually on a desk. So I feel very casual this week. (laughs) Um, So we went to Euston and I don't think we've ever been to Euston before on the pod. Uh, No, I don't think we have. No. So um, you knew exactly what I was going to talk about straight away, which was uh, the welcome collection. And the connection to Henry Welcome himself, yeah. And this is very topical, actually. And I didn't realise when I picked it that it was quite topical, because there is a, a museum in Euston, uh, which I'll go into. It's called the the Welcome Collection, and there is uh, this um, exhibition called The Medicine Man about Henry Welcome, who I'm going to talk about. And it's been on for such a long time and it is about to close. Did you know this? I didn't actually, no. Yeah, so I I was, you know, obviously doing my research this week and looking into things. And um, it's very close to closing. And this is because there's a lot of things inside which are quite questionable, actually. And, um, yeah, Henry Welcome was a huge collector, which I'll go into. And... um, uh, the, the new director of the welcome Collection actually wants to kind of take a step back and look at each object and kind of find out where it was sourced and um, why it's in the collection and oh. what Henry welcome's thoughts were about it. So um, so it's quite topical really this week without even realizing but um, but let me uh, start by asking you are you familiar with the welcome collection what's your uh... Yeah, take. I mean, I
0: have been, but not for a very, very long time. And it's one of those things that's been on my list for a while of of I really need to go back and have a look. Um, mm. So maybe I need to do that a bit quicker than I was planning. But I, yeah, I mean, I haven't been for, for, for quite some time. So I'm sketchy on the details.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, I mentioned that the exhibition is called um, a, a Medicine Man or The Medicine Man. So if you don't know anything about Henry Welcome, that will kind of give you a bit of a, a nudge in the direction that he was... A pharmaceutical entrepreneur, shall we say, to Mm. say the very least. And he was a huge collector, like so many that are famed in London, such as John Soane, for instance, Parn Sloan, etc. So, um, but let's go back because we're actually talking about somebody that was born in America. So we're talking about an American man who's very famous for living in London and starting this incredible um, institution. So, Henry Welcome, Henry Solomon Welcome, was born in Wisconsin in 1953, and he was actually born in a log cabin. His farmer was a farmer who actually went... His and- farmer was a farmer? His father was a farmer, <laughs> yes. His father was a farmer. His father was a farmer. <laughs> His father was a farmer. Try and say that a couple of times after you've had a sherry. Um <laughs> And he went bankrupt after his crops failed. So the whole family headed to Garden City in the newly created state of Minnesota. And this was a little town of wooden houses, lots of open fields. And the family went through quite a lot of poverty, quite a lot of hardship. His father turned to God and became a preacher. And at that point, Henry went to work with his uncle, who ran a surgery And a drugstore. And this is where he got his first kind of glimpse into aiding people and seeing all these incredible little bottles of potion and hearing about people's lives and what they were going through mentally or physically. And he was fascinated watching his uncle pass over, you know, little spoons full of medicine, um, which was then going to help them.
0: Yeah, I love that idea of just almost like a Mary Poppins kind of...
1: <laughs> yeah. The
0: way that the, the spoons of medicine change colour depending on what the ailment is. Oh, like, yeah, well, of...
1: this one's an indigo. <laughs> I wonder actually... what's wrong with this person. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he was fascinated. And he also was really interested in cultural objects and actually found a flint arrowhead. And he suddenly got into the idea of things that are created to kind of hurt people and what do you need to then treat those people? So he was fascinated by kind of the the movement of um, attacking um, and the behavior of people from other cultures in general. Now in 1871, he goes to study um, at the Philadelphia College of Pharmacy. And at the time medicine was just really starting to emerge in terms of people really talking about how far it suddenly come quite quickly. Because obviously, you know, we've been using herbs and all sorts of plants and, and different extracts to help people. Mm. But now other chemicals are starting to be used and there are different compounds. And it's it's suddenly kind of shot up in terms of what you can do to aid somebody's pain um so this is i mean he's about 20 now he's about 20 and he has quite a big ambition and he knows that he wants to be very successful and he's got a bit of a gift of the gap so fantastic salesman and he works in a variety of places one of which be in new york and he sells uh, medicinal products and this could be Yep, go for it. What
0: well, I was going say, are these actual medicinal products or are we talking kind of quack cures here? What are we... No,
1: no, no, actual medicinal products. And actually, in terms of everything he laid his hands to, everything was, was very professional. Um, and it wasn't kind of, you know, these dodgy, del boy, you know, <laughs> take, a, take a little dose of this and you'll be right as rain. You know, it was very serious stuff. And he got into quite a few um, good companies and made quite a bit of money. Um, Did a bit of traveling, so goes around Mexico, South Africa, and he is collecting all sorts of botanical life and like a lot of people in the 19th century are starting to kind of explore and learn about the medicinal products that you can find in, you know, lavender and fruit trees. Um, And he knew that serious money could be made from it. So he starts to kind of bottle things himself. And this is where his huge collection really begins.
0: Sounds like he would have done very well at the um, uh, Chelsea Physic Garden that we spoke about. Do you about know what? I?
1: Yeah, when I was looking into him and I, I don't know why, actually, but whenever I think about kind of um, plants and herbs and things, it always takes me there. Because, <laughs> yeah, I think I just remember us talking about the big grapefruit tree.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, in 1879, he sees an old friend called Silias Burroughs. And this is somebody that he worked quite close with in Philadelphia when he was training. And Mr. Burroughs basically said, I've got a bit of a proposition for you, Henry. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, I think we should move to Britain. And I think that we should start a pharmaceutical company together. I've got the medical training and he, you know, he was very good in terms of the scientific side of things. And, you know, what what, uh, what you needed in a laboratory, what kind of scientists you needed and, okay. you know, the kind of the mixing of products. And Henry was very good at kind of being the showman right. and the advertising and the branding.
0: Did Henry also so- have the cash by any chance?
1: He did, but I, I think the <laughs> boroughs know, I also see. did as well. Oh, fair enough. I mean, I know when they started, and they were called Boroughs of Welcome and Co., um, it really took off i mean they started with two thousand pounds which is a huge amount of money you know in the 1870s and they decked out this incredible lab in dartford um and this kind of pharmaceutical company with uh edison lights which are just starting to kind of come on the scene um uh, there were settees that were made out of alligator hides which of course not good. We've, got, we've all got one of them. <laughs> we've all got our alligator hides. But you know, so this for them, I I think in terms of like the furnishings, that did matter. So I think that they kind of did like the limelight and wanted people to know that they were doing quite good. They were also very kind of ahead of their time in terms of knowing that they needed to copyright things really quickly. I think they knew how quickly the pharmaceutical um uh, kind of idea and chemists starting to pop up everywhere was going to, you know, suddenly take over. So they were pretty good at kind of getting the soul rights for things. One thing in particular was Kepler products. And you would find uh, Kepler being used in a lot of repellents.
0: What, what is Kepler?
1: I don't know, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a chemist. Don't ask me hard questions like this. I love it. It's just red cabbage. Kepler, She's right? Yeah, cool. <laughs> well, I know that it's it's a herb compound, so oh, okay. it's mainly. I think, well, at the time, it would have been mainly uh, driven by uh, plants, but I think these days you probably add quite a few bits to it. There are right. quite a few different. Um, drugs for instance and different tablets where Kepler is is in there but originally they were using it mainly for um, repellents and they were really interested in um, kind of mosquito bites and creating something that was going to help people if they were out somewhere where they could possibly get malaria or you know have various kind of stings or bites from creatures so they often when they went out kind of you know explore they would try to kind of bottle or capture um little flies and insects so they could study them and try to find a a success um you know in terms of healing people that have been bitten um so they created huge labs they employed the best scientific researchers and they are very well known for compressing medicinal powder into tablet form Um, So they had machines that were making these pills. And this was so new and so creative at the time because, of course, if you were taking medicine, then you would have powder and you would mix it with some kind of solution or water. Or, of course, you're going to be taking it in kind of, um, I guess, like a syrup form. Mm. So to have it in a pill um, just makes it so much easier. And you can sell a lot of them. Yeah, it at kind the of same time
0: is the ease of taking
1: taking medicine doesn't it really yeah it does and do you know what they call their pills
0: oh okay um uh right let's think about this uh it's got to be something is it a pun on the name
1: of some description so it's two things that have come together to form the name okay um
0: Uh, I, oh, Medi, Medi, Medi tabs. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you i I'm not very good at marketing.
1: (laughs) This word is actually used for a a lot of things. You find this word in journalism a lot. You would say this word and then news, for instance. Uh,
0: Breaking? No. I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, 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 Scandal. Um, Oh, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Tabloid. Ah. Yeah. So this I was is thinking
0: in... tablet, but then didn't go that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then just completely
0: ignored myself. Yeah, completely ignored myself, <laughs> which is usually my, my MO. <laughs> so tabloid,
1: 1884. So this was basically blending the words tablet and alkaloid. Oh. Um, and they were seriously worried about the copyright idea because it basically, uh, tabloid, became known as um uh, being anything that was compressed or concentrated which is why i guess it's been taken up by the news because you have all of this information that has been compressed into a newspaper but they were you know fighting for a long time because they were hearing people use the word not how they wanted it to be used so they just wanted it to be focused initially on their tablets um but you know, people were kind of saying, "Well, you can't really take over that word <laughs> <laughs> um because the word you know obviously, if somebody's gonna use it and then create another tablet, then fair enough, but if people are gonna use that word to mean something else and put that in a sentence, you can't really stop people from doing that,
0: and they created the word, did they? Yes, oh my goodness, that's so weird. yeah.
1: Yeah, but they then actually used it for something else. So they then thought, well, you know what? If everyone's using tabloids or tabloid, then then we'll do it for other things. So they started to actually um, compress tea, so oh. something you could purchase from um, Barrows and Welcome was uh, was tea that was meant to kind of relax you and kind of make you feel um, a little bit more at ease. So um, yeah, I've got this kind of piece. It says. Um, I don't know who got it, but they've said uh, they have forwarded to us a sample of their tabloids of pure compressed tea, delicacy, a delicacy of flavour and uniformity of strength as some of the advantages of the tabloids, two or more of which, according to taste, with boiling water, produce a cup of delicious tea in a few seconds.
0: Oh, wow. So are they going, is it like medicinal tea or just like tea tea?
1: Um, I think more medicinal tea. I think everything that they created had this kind of idea that that you know you're going to be soothed from it in mm. some way or form. So so yes, it's just interesting, isn't it, to think that yeah. tabloids—the word—is so rooted into um, into the newspapers today. Yeah, but you'd
0: never think that it'd come up for anything else other than than journalism, really. Yeah. But, gosh, how bizarre!
1: Yeah. Um, I quite like their. Um, trademark as well if you see um any old packaging um and some of their little boxes and packaging are absolutely beautiful actually um and they were the first people to uh, really make an effort on all of the the information inside so you know, if you're kind of purchasing kind of a cough syrup or something and it will give you a list of things saying that, you know, it could cause this or it could cause that.
0: You might die. You might, Exactly. Your eyes might fall out your head, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. they
1: were very keen on kind of really uh, providing the information about the ideas and how the idea came to be and what led them to looking at this particular prescription and a little bit about them and their company um, and on the the packets is a an elegant unicorn, shall oh. we say, which is their, their kind of trademark, or was their trademark, this like kind of just cheeky-looking unicorn. It's
0: yes, magical, magical pills for your, your ailments and things like that, maybe. Yeah. Um,
1: they also produced a medical diary, and actually Dr. Still today um, can you know if you are I don't know what kind of doctor you need to be but I did read that (laughs) (laughs) if you're looking at the medical diary from the 19th century um but in there you know it's quite good in terms of the the history and where things came from and how it came to be and you can actually um ask for a copy of it for free so it's 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 quite an important kind of journal I think to have if you are in that field um and the standards were very high, you know. As I say, they really kind of put a lot of effort into making sure that every single thing that they sell they sold to people it did actually cure them. Mm. So there were treatments for diphtheria. They were the first producers for insulin in the UK. Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, um, and they had a lot of banquets. And one thing that Henry Welcome, as I say, was good at was was smooching people, and he was, you know, because they had, they had a bit of money as well, and at this point they'd kind of um, they were starting to look at a, a site in London to purchase, which has now become the uh, Welcome Collection. Um, they start to have these parties and invite influential people around, and this could be a lot of the time explorers. People that they know are, are going to need some kind of medical bag full of all sorts of things when they go off traveling around the world.
0: Like Isabella Bird, maybe.
1: Yes. Hey. Yeah. I wonder if she had one of those. They just kind bags. of
0: collide. Yeah. Uh, as you find out stuff about things, you like, oh, I wonder if.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And their big kind of lab and company in Dartford, where they first kind of opened when they first moved to England, um, uh, the, they treated the staff very well. And they had this kind of work club in the 1890s where they would put on these garden parties and the staff could invite their families oh, nice. and their loved ones round. And it was quite a big thing. You know, the papers were always writing about it, how um, how the company was having their big work club party again. Um, and actually, if um, you look at the coat of arms for Dartford, it's actually got a symbol of a tablet. So Is it really? Yeah. So the fact that... Um, you know they created yeah, pick
0: that up right now yeah i like that
1: yeah it's nice isn't it i think it shows how important the um the company must have been there
0: yeah absolutely probably a very know. big employer
1: yeah i don't know how long they were there for um but it must have been quite a while
0: gosh i'm just uh, having a little look now at Oh, well, I, I've just Googled Fartford, which is probably not my <laughs> Have you got a
1: tablet for that? <laughs> no, you, you
0: don't really need one, to be
1: honest. Um, I'll continue while you're looking. Yeah, um, carry on. They also investigated quite a lot on the fertility of grazing animals. Um, so it wasn't just kind of human beings that they were kind of uh, uh, looking after. It was also animals as well, which is quite nice. And actually, if you go into the Welcome Collection, there's quite a bit of information about that. Um, they were the ones that knew that foxgloves, in terms of the flower, was very good at curing heart disease. Um, they also were pioneers when it came to um, uh, try and aid in people that had Parkinson's disease. And this is, you know, all before 1900, which is quite incredible. They also looked a lot at tropical medicine and they had a floating laboratory in, or shall I say, on the Nile in 1901. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, very cool. They also Labor- had. L-
0: uh, lab- laboratory, not lavatory, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they also had a floating lab <laughs> no a
0: lab 10 a lab, out of lab, 10 lab. would save it up to go there
1: <laughs> um and they had traveling belts within their company you know in terms of having these big um machines that were pumping out so many pills you'd of course need people there that were going to package them up and make sure that these these notes and information were placed inside each box and just having these moving belts was quite a new thing so they really kind of put a lot of effort in trying to make it as easy as they possibly could for their factory workers um they had a drug that was designed to remove nasal catarrh oh they delightful cr- <laughs> Thanks, <Emily. laughs> they created tubes um uh tubes for creams they had they were the first to put kind of um uh creams in tubes for people that had uh, got an insect bite
0: oh wow all right
1: yeah and i spoke briefly it's amazing, this stuff that
0: we all take for granted isn't it and it's got to come from somewhere oh yeah and i love it when you find that you're like wow that's Yeah, the stuff that you just – you have in your cupboard, you've always had it, and, of course, it's got to come from somewhere. Someone's got to have invented it.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And their medicine check. They were very well known for creating these beautiful – I'll try and put some up on Instagram – these gorgeous little kind of chests are made out of tin or made out of copper some of them are kind of leather bound and you open them up and they remind me a little bit of uh, my grandma she used to have like um in terms of knitting she'd open up this chest and there'd be all sorts of different compartments and it would almost be like there were these little steps these risen steps and then you'd open little kind of flaps and and drawers (laughs) am I making sense? Vaguely. (laughs) (laughs) and all your granny's drugs would be in there (laughs) (laughs) no you should have like you know all the kind of bobbin and thread and needles and stuff Um, but it just reminded me of that like the excitement of kind of opening it up and it suddenly turned it into a different shape so it kind of opens and then comes out as well
0: yeah yeah another thing you mean yeah. yeah yeah so
1: it's got lots of little compartments and that's what and that's what these medicine chests were that would have been cool. um yeah so really beautiful and uh one person that purchased one was the former u.s president theodore roosevelt and he went How on did you next... put a second name on that I
0: just, I just <laughs> love that you uh, first name terms theodore just theodore yeah <laughs>
1: casual well I was just gonna call in Teddy and I was like oh maybe (laughs) (laughs) um and uh, so he went on an expedition in 1909 and they know because they retrieved his medical chest um that they must have encountered malaria and that's because um in there it contains six bottles of plain and sugar-coated quinine tablets um an anti-malaria drug used to treat infections i guess um and there were only four bottles remaining so two oh. must have been used which is quite interesting to know
0: wow mm. And though they, they weren't supplied by uh welcome and, and thingamajiggy were they i suppose we, don't, we might not know that
1: well all of the bottles were
0: well, those bottles for, for roosevelt
1: yeah absolutely no completely so, oh, so everything... supplied by, by welcome S- yeah absolutely oh, right. so um in terms of the the tin or oh, i say tin because a lot of them are made out of tin but um in terms of the medical chest you get everything in it as well
0: Oh, it's like a standard pack and you just sort yeah. of
1: Yeah and i guess depending your... on where you're going um you know you would you would have particular things in there or you could re- request for certain things in there oh gosh um there were bottles of pills that actually bared the the name livingstone rouser <laughs> okay. which was um based on an original recipe developed by the explorer david Livingstone, i presume yeah yes. which was about 60 years earlier and i don't know if it'd, it'd be happy of them using using their name <laughs> but they did anyway <laughs> <laughs> the men that were so worried about copyright i'm sure they looked yeah. into it they're like you can get away with this one it's fine <laughs> he's long dead Yeah, so this Livingstone Rouser, apparently he combined quinine and laxatives such as rhubarb um, and it helped to kind of rouse the body against fever, which is why it's called the Livingstone Rouser. I don't know if we (laughs) we still have that today. I'm not too sure. I'm not
0: sure that sounds particularly healthy, but yeah, (laughs) I'm sure it worked for someone.
1: Now, as we reach kind of the 1920s, they start to open up um, uh, other shops selling their products around the world, so in Bombay, in Cape Town, Sydney, one in New York, and Uh, continuing this love of objects and strange things at this stage Henry Wellcome has got over a million books and objects he's got crates arriving to him you know a lot of people know that he's into lots of strange things to do with the body everything had to be to do with aid and health and your body and your mind and I mean, he had so many crates coming that he just didn't have time to open them all. So some were just never opened, you really? know, even, yeah, after he died. It was only then when they were opened. Um, and so basically and, anyone
0: who's got anything odd is just like, oh, send it to welcome. He'll, be, he'll sort it. He likes yeah. it. He likes all yeah. sort of weird stuff.
1: Yeah, pretty Amazing. much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as we reach 1924, the capital has reached a million now, the capital of the company. So, you know, they're doing incredibly well, to say the least. Henry Welcome, and I have to say, um, Silas Burroughs has passed away at this point. Um, Henry Welcome is knighted, becomes a fellow of the Royal Society of Surgeons. Mm. And it's in 1932 when the site in Euston is eventually purchased. So uh, originally it was used for just tropical medicine just tropical medicine alone. Um, And then eventually it had different laboratories and there was a little museum there about the 1940s, which was the history of medicine. So that's quite nice to think that there's always been this kind of, um, uh, this part of the building that you can go in and kind of learn, learn about the history of medicine, which you still can today, of course. Um, In 1936, he passes away at the age of 82 And he basically directs uh, the Wellcome Trust in his will to continue to pioneer, uh, well, keep pioneering in terms of medical research. Um, He wants the Wellcome Collection to be a place that has the connection between medicine, life and art. He wants it to be open to the public to learn as much as possible. and I feel strange saying this now because obviously part of it is being closed, which hasn't changed for so many years. This kind of uh, this this medicine, sorry, medicine man exhibition. Okay, and if you were to go in, I mean, first of all, you see this uh, big portrait of Henry Welcome, and you see him looking kind of. Quite a prestigious chap with a massive moustache.
0: Love it. They've always got massive moustaches. (laughs) They've always got
1: massive moustaches. (laughs) What are you hiding under that moustache, Henry? Soup. (laughs) Yes. Um, And so within the exhibition, you see these big red platforms, these huge kind of red stages, and then on top of them you find all sorts of weird things. There's a lot of Aboriginal art There's a lot of um, anatomical sculptures which are just so weird. I remember... uh,
0: So uh, sculptures but not real bodies or...
1: Not real bodies, no. But like um, there's this little tiny one that's probably about as long as your hand. It's like 15 centimetres. It's made out of ivory and it's of uh, a pregnant woman and pieces come off so the, the... the stomach can come off and then you see this teeny tiny little baby within her belly and it's kind of
0: unpiece the What's
1: yeah going on? Oh my yeah and it's so small and there's a lot of stuff in there which is to do with fertility and there's a birthing chair there's a lot of stuff in there which do make you feel a bit a bit kind of I don't know on the edge right The way that they've kind of displayed it, like there's this display which shows kind of um, lots of uh, artificial uh, body parts. And I don't know, I can kind of understand why they are deciding to close and actually have a bit of a rethink at Mm -hmm. the way things are set out, especially the connection to Aboriginal art. And they've got kind of a blood bowls there always got, a have one. oh yeah they've got these um bullet extractors Ooh. yeah just very strange things there's an acupuncture figure from japan so you can see this this gentleman it's like um he almost looks like a doll and uh you can see these lines upon his body where they've worked out i think it's quite i think it's about 100 years old or it maybe even uh goes back later where all the pressure points to learn where all the pressure points of the body should be um there are shrunken heads and it's things like that where i just yeah, don't that's... think there's enough information and i know that there has been cases in the past
0: of, of or very recently actually of of things like shrunken heads having been given back went to whence they came i know that um uh, the museum in Oxford, the Pitt Rivers Museum, uh, I believe, returned their um, collection of shrunken heads because it, yeah, these things, they're they're very different when we look at them in today's eyes. Mm, it, mm. They're often very, you know, we realise that they should never have been taken, um, and they're sacred to people. And uh, you know, ultimately, displaying human remains in the way they weren't kind of intended to be displayed is is quite a quite a tricky little one to deal with. So yeah, um. I'm with you. I'm, I'm not surprised that they're they're having a, having a bit of a little rethink about it.
1: Yeah, and the um the new director has, as I say, kind of said that we we need to interrogate why these pieces are here, and we need to understand more about them before they're just you know mm. they're there in people's faces. Because I think even the 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 pieces that are to do with birth are um. I think there needs to be kind of a bit of a pre-warning because you walk into this collection and I've only been there a couple of times and pieces have been, have stayed with me for a long, long time. And there are pieces which, um, because it's health and body, you can't help but feel.
0: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care yeah, especially if you've been a pregnant woman, which you have. I've never been, so um, I don't know. But I can imagine that seeing that, you'd be like, oh, great. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. So it would be quite interesting to see where, where the collection goes Yeah, in the next year. Um, and that's
0: interesting because there's another collection, isn't there? Um, uh, The Royal College of Surgeons. What's the name of that one? It's been closed for a few years now Um, on Lincoln's infields.
1: Oh. oh, I can't
0: think, I can't think of what it's called now. But anyway, th- that's been closed. And I, there's things in that collection that I remember as well, like mm. um, oh, sorry things I'm actually not going to mention because they're really quite awful. But yeah, um, I can't remember what that collection is called now. Anyway, we'll have a look. Um, mm. but yeah, there's things in there that you're right, have stuck with me. Um, and I think I don't know what's happening with that. I, but I, I don't know. If they, I think they might be having a rethink about certain things. Um, at that one too. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah. There we go. Um, I have to say the um the Welcome Trust decided to sell the company. So, in the kind of the end of the twentieth century, they sold it. It's now kind of part of. It's called GlaxoSmithKline. So they no longer have ownership um of what they're producing, but they still have labs and they still have scientific researchers that work for them
0: gosh so it never actually the company never actually disbanded it just changed name and, and sort of moved ownership
1: yeah that's yeah. interesting
0: because so many of these you, you know they oh in 1964 it felt you know the company closed and actually no this is still going and GlaxoSmithKline is obviously very famous yeah um, and you know a very big company now gosh that's so interesting
1: yeah so there we go. A little bit Real. about Henry.
0: Henry, welcome. Thank you. I and mean, when, do, when does the museum close? If anybody does want to go and see it ahead of uh, the revamp, do you know when it's closing?
1: So I think the museum is still going to be open, but that section of it
0: oh, okay. Okay. is
1: going to be closing. Because, I mean, if you go, it's such a lovely place even just to sit and have a coffee. <laughs> it's oh, right. a really cool space. Um, and they've got kind of like their research centre there and their library, which you can kind of go in. So... So yeah, in terms of the that exhibition, from what I read, I think it was closing in a couple of weeks,
0: right? Okay, so yeah. if you want to get there, gang, now is the time.
1: Yes, okay. now is the
0: time, and I've just looked it up. It's the Hunterian Museum. That's the one. Ah, that's it. Yeah, at the moment it has been for for quite some time. I'm not quite sure when that's reopening, if if it is. I mean, um, but yeah, fab. Thank you, Em. No
1: worries, you are
0: welcome.
1: Podcast pedestal.
0: So, uh, podcast pedestal for this week. What? Um, oh, sorry, you
1: know it's we... shut oh. already. I don't want to oh, send it's shut people already. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just double checking there. I thought it was going to be a couple of weeks, but it's shut already. Oh well, there you go. So, <laughs> so here's <laughs> what you could have had. <laughs> yeah, after 15 years. Gosh,
0: but the other, but the rest of it is open. So, the the larger yeah. part of the museum, just the yeah. Um,
1: yeah, the medicine man section medicine is man closed. Section. Interesting. Yeah,
0: and the Hunterian is reopening early twenty twenty three. So there we go. You can, if you want, um you know, gory things in in vials, then that's another option. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a pod on that at some point. Who, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who um, knows? Right. Well, <laughs> what's your podcast pedestal then?
1: Oh, straight away. Let's have it large. Tabloid.
0: Tabloid. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. got be, it's
0: got to be is not it it's, be. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I've gone slightly down that route as well um I I've gone down the route of the crest of a uh, coat of arms for, for Dartford with oh, a tabloid thing on it did you find um, it I did find it yeah nice. and um yeah so it's it's kind of yeah like all quest uh, coats of arms you need to know what you're looking at um but there are um, in the middle of the sort of the shield bit in the middle of the, the coat of arms, there's a head in the middle. And then either side are what looks like sort of weird turtles. And they are in, it, it's sort of a, well, a, it's in the, the tabloid shape. So the slightly kind of oval, um, yeah, tablet shape. And it says the tabloid form of the discs themselves represent the pharmaceutical industry. So there we go. Yeah. Um, and there are these sort of these weird wings on the corner which apparently um portray the milling of flour so it's like a it's sort of a flowery tablet um in yeah so yeah, they, I, they also had for... a mill they had a mill in dartford so okay, that makes sense um yeah so there we go so um i quite like that it's such a big part of dartford's history even though that you know the people weren't from there and and didn't stay there um that it is still on the coat of arms today
1: which I yeah think. to think that it was a couple of americans that you know changed yeah. dartford that much that I just the love the that you come from America that. and go and
0: live in Dartford of all places. I know. <laughs> Random. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's on the coat of arms, so that's what we're gonna go for.
1: Cool. Yeah. Oh, good one. Well, there you go, peeps. Those so the options. The wheel of destiny. So, Alex, do you have any uh any feelings
0: about the wheel this week? Um well I haven't done a thing like a an event or a place for a while, so I might uh, look at doing something along those lines, depending on where it goes to. So, um, yeah, give it a crack and let's see what happens.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, it's a juicy one. Okay. <laughs> it's not Mayfair again, is it? No. It's Smithfield.
0: <laughs> oh, Smithfield. We haven't been there in a while. No. Um, Smithfield. Okay, I want to do a th- an event or a place... Um, oh, I think, I'm just having a little look at my list. Um, I think I might go for uh, Bartholomew's Fair. Oh, good one. Bartholomew's Fair is going to be what? And then uh, what I might include in that is a little, well, I have to really because he's, he's he's linked to the fair, is a bit of Raheer. Oh, Raheer, um,
1: Raheer, yes. <laughs>
0: Who here? Raheer. Who here, um, Raheer, oh, here. All, all the listeners are going... Bloody hell's Raheer. Guides will be like, oh Rahir, oh, yeah. We're here. Oh yeah, legend. Oh, legend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want legends, so I got a monk for you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna, we'll do a little bit of Raheer and some Bart's um, sort of generally as a, as a kind of yeah thing, but I'm linked with with Bartholomew's
1: fair. Ooh, okay. I'm, I'm into it. it. I'm excited. Yeah.
0: Well that's it for this week, I think. Any any parish notices before we end? I don't think so. No, cool. Me neither. Cool. That is it. We'll see you all next week, gang. Thank you so much. Do go and uh, vote on Sunday when the poll goes up on Instagram. And uh, have a great week. We'll see you then. Bye. Great
1: week, guys. Bye. Enjoy your calendars. (laughs) Thanks. Bye.